Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome to the show. This is Fazia Costi, and today we are talking with Dr. Sarah Bald, and we are going to be talking about work-life balance for parents. Um, so welcome to the show, um, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, always. It is my pleasure. And and it looks like you brought little Briar with you today, so that's awesome. I, I think, yeah, I think that goes right along the topic that we're going to talk about, work-life balance. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges that you've had um, trying to coordinate your life after Briar was born, um, you know, how many weeks did you take off from work? How did you integrate work back into your life? How, how did that work for you? It's been a challenge. I think as a new parent, so I should know better with what I do, but as a new parent, you go in with all these hopes of, oh, everything's going to be the same. Nothing's going to change. I'm just going to have this new little one that I'm carting around with me. Um, and that was not the case. Um, I've definitely had to change almost everything I've done since returning back. I think I took four weeks off and that was about it. Um, So I've had to adjust my life, adjust my expectations, adjust everything since returning. So in what ways did you adjust your life and your expectations? Like how did those change? What expectations did you come in with? What was your your life like before and what is it now? I think... Beforehand, I I always had to respond right away. I had to be the best, I don't know, I want to say the best at everything, but I always had to be on top of everything. Emails got answered within two minutes, phone calls got answered right away or within the a half an hour. Like I was always on top of everything, wanted to be responsive, wanted to be just everyone that I interact with is the center of my world. And I still want that to be the case, but that I think has been the biggest change of, I have baby brain. I don't always sleep through the nights. Things take a little bit longer. I'm, you know, I'll sit down to work on a report and I'll get about 15 minutes in and baby's crying. Something needs to be done. So I'm a lot slower of a mover these days. I'm, having to double check my work a lot more these days. Those are some of the main adjustments that I think I've made. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember when my kids were little, um, I I think before they were born, I was like you, it's like everything had to be done just right. And I was always on top of things. And after they were born, I was just like, well, that can wait. Or I'm really tired. I don't think I'm going to do that today. (laughs) Or you know what? nobody needs a fancy dinner tonight. We're just going to have pasta. (laughs) You know, you start having to negotiate, I think, with yourself a little bit about what's important. So what are some of the expectations that you had um, that maybe did not get fulfilled, like after she was born? Like what expectations did you have that maybe you kind of had to reevaluate after she was born? Oh gosh. I think expectations for myself, expectations for what what my career looks like, what my days look like, um, expectations of what mom life looks like. I, I you know, I gave up a few positions that I held because I wanted to finally slow down and be a mom and take some time because I got married in grad school like during a weekend mid semester and I've always <laughs> been go, 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 go with everything I've done. And so I gave up a lot of positions that I held of like, no, I'm going to slow down. I'm finally going to take time for myself. I'm just going to mom. And that lasted for four weeks because I am who I am. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had to adjust all of my expectations across all different areas. Well, I I love that you say that I am who I am. And I think that's the bottom line is we all are who we are. So even when we try to change our expectations, it doesn't always go as smoothly as we think it's going to, because we are who we are. And there's certain things you just want to do in life. You want to have those experiences. You want to be able to, you know, live the way you want to live. And so 
you might start off with these lofty goals of, you know, I'm going to sit on the floor and play games with my kids. And then reality sits in and somebody offers you something or you decide you want to do something. You're like, "Hmm, maybe I don't want to play games on the floor. Maybe I want to do something else also. Not saying that you're giving anything up. You're just balancing it. Right. With more of what you want. Absolutely. And it, it, it becomes this balancing act of what are your priorities? What are your values? What, what's important to you? And that you don't, it sounds terrible, but you don't give up you in the process because then you're not taking care of yourself. And then are you the best parent um, when you're not taking care of yourself? And the answer is often no. You know, I, um, I remember when my kids were little, I got probably one of the best compliments I ever got. Um, and it wasn't even said directly to me. It was said to my husband at the time. Um, one of his friends, who, you know, my ex is, is a doctor and one of his friends is also a doctor. And um, he said something about self-care. And that doctor's wife actually said, Fazia knows how to do that. Fazia knows how to take care of herself and balance her work life and her personal life and everything else because, you know, she's always relaxed and calm. But, you know, that takes effort. That's not done effortlessly. You have to coordinate things. You have to make sure that, you know, there's somebody there to watch your baby when you're going to get your nails done or, you know, take care of you. And and self-care is really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, because it helps you prepare. It helps you fill your cup back up so that you can empty your cup into your kids. Exactly. You know what? It, it, it really does make a huge difference. When I would go get my nails done, I would come back home feeling relaxed and ready to tackle, you know, playing on the floor with my kids or making dinner or teaching them how to play with Play-Doh or whatever it is we were doing that day. Mm-hmm. It, it really does make it self-care really makes a huge difference. So what are some of the life work balance tips that you have that, that you would recommend for maybe a new mom? I think pace yourself. Um, it's, it's really easy to fall into the pit of I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. Some of those negative thought distortions that, People often tell themselves, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, um, I'm powerless, all of these things. And so taking it step by step, prioritizing, okay, what is important today and holding on to those small victories, especially those first few days. You know, I went from running a practice, being very, very busy. Um, I was even answering phone calls the morning um, of my C-section. And I went from that to, I felt accomplished if I like put a dish in the dishwasher so that it's a big adjustment. And so hanging your hat on those small victories, even if it is just putting a dish in the dishwasher or responding to a text of someone who, who texted you three days ago, um, all of those are small victories that should be focused on um, and should be celebrated in those first few days because it, it's easy to fall into the, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough trap um, that we often find ourselves in. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So would you say that your expectations have shifted so that you can have a better work-life balance, or would you say you're still working on that? I think it's an ongoing, ongoing process because kids develop. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) I'm totally a nerdy psych, um, but it's fun to watch the development explode in my daughter. Yeah. Um, and so I'll feel like I get the hang of it and then her brain has grown or something has changed. Um, yeah. like right now we're going through the four month sleep regression right now. So there was a night two days ago where I didn't get any sleep. My longest stretch was 45 minutes. Wow. Um, so I had to call and cancel my caseload that day. Cause I'm like, I am not going to be an effective person for you today. Um, I don't know. And then mom brain kicks in and I totally forget your question because this is just how I (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's fascinating because, you know, every mom goes through this and, you know, I think the most important thing we can do is just give ourselves some grace Mm -hmm. and be just as kind on ourselves, you know, on our own selves as we are 
or we would be on somebody else or our kids. And I think a lot of moms are really hard on themselves when they're trying to have that work-life balance. Um, Their expectations sometimes get uh, a little distorted, you know, Um, they forget that they're modeling behavior for their kids and they try to be super mom and go to work and take care of the kids and take care of the house and cook dinner every night. And I, and I think sometimes it's okay not to cook dinner or not to have everything in order. It's okay if your house is a mess, as long as you're focusing on the things that are really, truly important. So what do you think, um, how do you think your priorities have changed over the last few months? It's funny. So I had a Facebook friend post a comment or a, a question on Facebook. She, a woman who's clearly debating having kids or not. Um, and she just put it out there. You know, what are, what are the benefits or what do you like about having a kid? Um, just to pull her, her friend group and it got me thinking and you know, it changes for me, my answer, and there were great answers on this post, but, but my thought, I didn't share it. Um, but my thought really was things don't matter often as much as we think it, it does. So especially in a world where there's so much anxiety, there's so much concern about what's perfect. Um, there's a really great book side note of by Brené Brown. It's called, I thought it was just me, but it wasn't, or, but it isn't. <laughs> um, absolutely true. It's a great title. So great. And the book just, it's, I can go down there. I would hold in a minute. <laughs> Let me answer your question first, but it becomes, you know, what is important and what needs to get done and what deserves my attention is so much different. It changes so much of does this person, does this frustration really deserve my attention in this moment? Or am I letting something ruin my day that might not be affecting another person? So, you know, I might have a tough case. I might have a difficult interaction. I come home. It's like, it stays at home. It stays at work now. And that's been my, the biggest thing I've noticed is that what is important and what deserves my attention in the forefront has totally changed. I'm mm-hmm. able to ground myself differently in my interactions with my child than I did before. I'm able to put aside things that, you know, don't deserve my attention in the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great way of, of prioritizing is, does this matter right now? Right now, your child wants your attention. So, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter right now. It might matter later, but yeah. right now you've got to focus on something else. So it actually probably helps you focus better. Would you say? Mm-hmm. It does. Um, able to put things, you know, in their boxes and keep them in their boxes. There's less overlap. Absolutely. Between, you know, events, stressors. How do you think your, um, your priorities will change as Briar gets older? Well, I think as, as she gets older, um, or maybe they'll stay the same. I don't know. I think they'd stay the same. I think they always change. If you think about brain development, our, our brains keep growing until we're 30 is what the research is saying now. So things are going to be changing. And as kids are younger, I mean, things are changing on a weekly basis. So it might be true one week isn't true the next week. Um, what, but what might be pressing right now is not going to be pressing in a month from now because things are going to be totally different. Yeah, I think for me personally, I, I think priorities always change. I agree with you. I think they change constantly. I think the more we evolve, the more we learn, the more we understand about life, about our families, about ourselves, the more priorities change. Things that mattered 20 years ago to me just really don't matter anymore. You know, I'm, I think I'm more relaxed now than I was when my kids were little. Because I realized there's so many things that just don't matter. Yeah. So I'll be excited when I'm at that, that point. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So um, how, how do you think 
all of this affects your organizational skills? Do you feel like you're less organized or more organized because now you have to juggle more things and it's important to stay more organized? Hi, Briar. For those of you who can't see, Briar's in the... Hi, Briar. Yeah. I think... I think what happens is you become more organized. For those, of, more. for those of you who can't see, um, Sarah's doing arm <laughs> exercises, <laughs> lifting Briar up and down, trying, trying to play airplane and keep her a little bit quiet yeah. uh, while we're having our conversation. So uh, sorry to interrupt you. I just thought it, it, was, it was a needed explanation. <laughs> Especially as my voice goes in and out, it's like my arms exactly. go down. <laughs> I think organization changes. I definitely find myself double checking. So my personal email has exploded. Like don't send emails to my personal email because I won't respond to them anymore. I've got like 500 unread emails. Wow. My work ones, I have to go back through every morning and make sure I responded to all my emails the day before. Did I just open something, look at it and be like, oh, I need to respond to that. And then something came up. She started crying or screaming and then I got distracted. Um, Going through, keeping to-do lists, keeping checklists, you know, whatever your preferred organizational strategy is, has to be tenfold just to make sure nothing slips through the cracks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think not only does having a baby keep your priorities straight, but um, they definitely help you organize better too, because you know what's important and you know what's not important. And since they don't have anyone else to count on, you have to make them a priority. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think um, having Briar has changed? Or let me ask you this. Has she changed your values? Have, have your values changed at all since she's been born? Or, you know, do you have different values than you did before? I think a lot of my values have stayed the same because this was always in my plan. Yeah. They just have taken on a different, I don't know, shape, I guess, if that makes sense. Can you give an example? So I think family's always been a priority for me. Right. But I had a lot of other priorities as well. That's more priorities than values, but I don't know. I've always valued family. And then I've had quite a few kids recently in my practice who have said they hardly know a parent. Because that parent works all the time. And I love my practice. My practice is my first child. But it becomes, do I want my kid to know me? Do I want to spend that much time? Do I want to overwork myself as I had tended to in the past? Exactly. You know, and I I think for me, my one of my values was being able to be with my kids when they were little. So ever since they were little till the time they were in high school, I worked from home and it didn't matter where I worked, whether it had my own business or whether I worked for somebody else, I always found a way to work from home. And so when I think it was when my oldest was in high school and my youngest was in middle school, they actually approached me and said, you can go get a real job now as if I didn't have a real job before. They're like, you, you can go get a real job now. We're, we can take care of ourselves. But, you know, and, and I did at that point, I did work for a, an organization where I had to go in and actually work for them. But it was really nice to be able to set those values and those priorities and, and put family first and know that they had their needs met while they're little, you know, I mean, because it goes by really fast. It doesn't seem like it when you're not sleeping at night, but it does. <laughs> it goes by really fast. So yeah, so that's that's a really, really nice thing to yeah. And for those for those of you who can't see Briar's in the um in the camera and she's smiling and very happy right now. So she's really enjoying our conversation. Yeah. So so yeah. What about self-care? What do you do for self-care when you're, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but what do you personally like to do for self-care? We're big on getting out, going out and exploring. 
So the more we can get out and explore, yeah, the better off we are. And and what kind of things do you like to do to explore? Do you go to like museums or art galleries or do you like to camp or? We go out in nature. Yeah. The more yeah. we can be around nature, the better. Camping, hiking, going for a walk, whatever it might be. The more we can get outside, the better. I love that. I, I, I love being outside. I think it's the great reset button. Mm-hmm. In fact, I recommend it to my clients who have anxiety or stress or any kind of issue, I say, go outside because once you start walking, it's like meditation. Yeah, it is. It's, it's bilateral stimulation. You're getting both sides yeah. of the brain moving at the same time. Exactly. So you're able to, to better process information. Um, Absolutely. Walking. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing. A very, very beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's really important to be able to go outside and, and just kind of set that, that reset button and, and feel feel good about life. <laughs> well, I think self-care takes a lot of different forms too. So, you know, one of the number one therapeutic prescriptions for people with depression, for example, is to get a dog because it gets you out and it gets you moving. Mm-hmm. Um, things like depression are very much paradoxical in their treatment because the last thing you want to do is get out of bed and take care of somebody. <laughs> yep. I, you got to take care of something. You've got something that unconditionally loves you, gets you up and moving because you might not want to get up and moving when, you know, especially when you are depressed, you're usually lethargic. You want to stay inside. You want to hide away from the world. And the best thing for you is to get up, to get moving, to get out. So things like getting up, exercising is good and it's great self-care. Um, but then there's other things too. Like you mentioned museums. You mentioned getting your nails done. Mm-hmm. It could be reading a book. It could be taking a bath. It could be sitting in the closet eating Oreos where you're in, you know, from your secret stash away from your kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, it's a lot of different things, and and um, and I think they all kind of work together to create that work life balance. Um, we're going to take a break in just a couple minutes. Um, would you like to let our listeners know how they can contact you should they want? Absolutely. Um, so my company is Nest Psychological. Our website is www.nestpsychaz.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-A-Z.com. Um, you can find my email, my phone number on there. All right. Thank you so much. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, um, you can go to executive functioncoachaz.com. And on that website, you can email me directly. Um, At the very bottom of the website, you can go to the contact us button and that that email comes directly to me. You can also subscribe to our upcoming magazine, which is Executive Function Magazine. And uh, we have some amazing, wonderful uh, writers. Um, In fact, our first issue, Dr. Sarah Ball did write a wonderful article there. So if you'd like to read a previous issue, you can definitely email me and I'd be happy to send you our first issue. Um, Our next issue comes out April 10th. So if you'd like a copy of that, make sure that you go in there and subscribe to the magazine and make sure that you confirm your email so that we can send you Uh, the magazine. It is a quarterly magazine. It is free. Um, It's international. So um, anybody can get a copy and we do have some wonderful uh, articles in there. Um, If you'd like to look at some of my previous uh, presentations, you can go onto my YouTube channel, which is on YouTube. um, And it's Fazia Acosti Executive Function Coach. Or you can also go to um, the radio show directly on my website. So executive function coach, az.com. If you'd like to call me, my number is 480-648-1122. And um, once again, I just really want to thank all my listeners without you, this show would not exist. So thank you for my listeners in China and the Netherlands and Pakistan. And I believe Ireland, we have listeners all over the world. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And we will be back after these messages. Um, So stay tuned. We'll talk more with Dr. Sarah Bald about work-life balance um, for being a parent.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Dr. Sarah Bald about the about work-life balance after having a baby. So welcome back, Dr. Sarah Bald. Thank you. Good to be back. All right. So um, you know, one of the topics that I know a lot of people would like to know about is how do you handle mom guilt? What is mom guilt and how do you deal with it? I think mom guilt is, and I hate to generalize it to moms, but it tends to be labeled as mom guilt. It's just that you are supposed to be something that you aren't, or you're supposed to be doing something because of what society tells you, of what your family tells you, what your values tell you, your upbringing tells you. And that you're always doing it wrong, no matter what you're going to do. It's always wrong. So just, you're never going to meet those expectations. Exactly. And you set up expectations for yourself that you're going to fail. So what are some expectations that maybe moms would have that are just never going to come to fruition? I get a wide range in my practice of what mom guilt is. So like, for example, my current guilt is that my child is screaming while we're trying to have a conversation. There's a great example of like, mom guilt of like, I can't keep my child happy, even though it's her bedtime. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Why am I putting these pressures on myself? And she has to be totally silent and quiet at four months old. Exactly. I think anyone who's ever had kids is, you know, who's, who's past that point is going to think it's not a big deal. Like I have, you know, I have no issues. I don't think this lacks professionalism that we have prior in our meeting. I don't. I, I think Perfect. we need to incorporate our our family when we need to in, in our business. And and I actually think this kind of, you know, expresses more what that work-life balance should look like. There are things that you can do with your child and there's things you can do without your child. And there's things you have to do without your child. Like you can't bring your child in to see your clients, sure. but you can definitely bring her here. So why not? <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, other mom guilts I get um, from the wide range. I get guilt from stay-at-home moms for not working. I get guilt for working moms for not staying at home. I get guilt for TV dinners or letting a child watch too much TV or letting them have video games or, you know, allowing things that let their child quote unquote win of like, well, they just get their way all the time. And it should be, you know, we should be a TV free house, junk food free house. And I caved and I feel awful for TV and then they just win and they learn that that's wrong. When really you do things that help you get by. 
Right. And, and I think it's, it's easy for us to have expectations of ourselves, of others. And I see moms even judging other moms like, oh, she's letting her child watch too much television or she's letting her child eat way too many sugary treats. You know, one of the biggest uh, things that one of the things that I love about what you do and what you say, one of your best statements that you've ever made is you do you. And I love that because we're all going to do things a little bit differently based on our expectations, our values, our our priorities and, and what our lives entail. So I like that. And I, and I think that more people need to listen to that and just do what works for them and not be so judgmental about what someone else is doing because we don't know what they're dealing with. Right. I, I think, you know, psychologically speaking, we, we sometimes tear down others because we feel like we're not living up to our own expectations and it's, it's misery loves company is the saying that everyone thinks it's actually misery <laughs> loves miserable company. So I'm feeling terrible potentially about my parenting. I'm feeling guilty about something, but I'm going to tear down another mom because they should also feel guilty. And and it I makes, think- but it doesn't really make you feel better, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. So why, why are we doing that? Why do we tear someone else down to make ourselves feel better? Because oh. at the time it seems like it might make you feel better, but really doesn't. And you see it all the time. And I always joke, I'm like, I'm on TikTok because I work with teenagers. I'm on TikTok because that app's addicting as I'll get out. <laughs> but now I'm on mom TikTok and it is, it's, you know, <laughs> Moms tear each other down. Moms tell them, you know, this is how it is. Don't do this with your child. And you don't act this sort of way. Then you're doing it wrong. Like breast is best, for example. That no fit is best. But you do. You get women tearing each other down on this app. And then, of course, you get everyone like, this is terrible. And then all the moms stand together. But it is. It's, it's very commonplace for moms to just tear each other down when it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. No, it really doesn't have to be that way. Um, it, it's it's really too bad. Moms really need to be more supportive of each other. Um, and I and I think it's important that you know maybe we we need to set those expectations so that we are more supportive of each other, um, especially during these difficult times where, like you said, we have mom guilt. We have uh, we feel bad because. There is no manual. There is no parenting manual. We're, we're all winging it. And There's the no only manual, but then we also just show the world the parts of our life that are perfect. With social media, that is absolutely true. And, and I, I find it fascinating because people will get judgmental with each other, but we don't know how our children are going to turn out. You could be the best parent in the world. And based on other influences, your child could still have issues or you could be the worst parent in the world. And if you have a child who's highly motivated to, to be the best version of themselves, they're going to be the best version of themselves, regardless of how you parent. So I, I think it's really important that we set those expectations and that we model behavior appropriately. But bottom line is you don't know what you're going to get till you get it, you know? Uh, I remember when my youngest turned 18 and I, I called my older one and I said, I have graduated. I have completed raising two children and they've made it to adulthood <laughs> and they've, you know, they've done good things as opposed to not so good things. So I felt accomplished because you don't know what you're going to get till the game is over and the game isn't over till they're adults. So it's it's a fascinating Thing. And I would tell parents too, if you feel like you're doing a terrible job, if you feel like you're failing your kids, you're probably doing a great job. That usually means you're doing things right because you're questioning, how can I be doing things better? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's important, you know, having that insight and, and really trying to focus on, on how to do things well. What happens, what happens when um, work-life balance is just out of whack? What happens to kids and parents from your perspective professionally? I think a number of things could happen. Um, and it, it's depending on where that, that balance is. So maybe there's too much family and family is starting to interfere, impede, and you're going to have those work frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe 
you're spending all day every day at the office trying to please your boss or trying to please your employees um and then your family suffers so for example i get the kids who say i don't really know my mom or i don't really know my they're always working um but then it becomes well how are we going to provide for the family where are our resources so it's a really delicate balance and it's easy for it to get out of whack and sometimes when it's out of whack out of alignment things are okay and it it readjusts because life finds homeostasis but when it goes unchecked for too long that's where you start to have difficulties yeah i think you're right i think that's it has to go on for quite a bit of time for it to really become a problem and I think part of it, when things got of whack, teaches kids how to manage difficulties, how to manage life when it's not running smoothly, because that's a really important skill to have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think it also teaches parents, you know, hey, life isn't always perfect and kids don't need to see it perfectly. They just need to see it managed better. Or they need to see you navigate through this difficult time so that they can learn to navigate through difficult times. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity for modeling. Mm-hmm. When, when work gets uh, overwhelming, when that balance gets out of whack, it's a great opportunity to say, hey, this is how you get back into the rhythm. Here's how you get back to right. where you wanna where you wanna be. Because you are, your or- kids are always watching you. You're always modeling how you handle a situation. You're a workaholic. Your kids are probably going to be workaholics. Yeah. Lucy Goosey, your kids are probably going to be Lucy Goosey. You know, they're always watching. They're always learning. They're not only watching, but they're they're trying to be like you because they look up to their parents. They admire their parents. They want to be like their parents. So if you think your kids don't want to be like you because you're fighting or whatever, that's not necessarily true. They still see your behavior. They're still going to copy you. And they'll probably mm-hmm. still end up being just like you, just, just Whether not getting along. Or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whether they want to or not, they're going to be just like you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see it in early childhood. You see those kids who are pretending to shave because they saw daddy shave or they're walking next to dad with a lawnmower with a little toy lawnmower. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the same with how you interact with your spouse. It's the same with how you interact with work. It's the same with how, you know, you balance your day. Well, let's talk, let's take it to the next level and talk a little bit about how you balance uh, time with your spouse and how you balance a social life with kids. Now that you have a child, how has your social life changed? How has your time with your spouse changed? I think she always chooses the right time, right? As soon as you like <laughs> she has a lot to say. So Briar has a lot to say. So yeah, so basically... You know, how, how has your life changed? How has your social life changed? I think I have reconnected with friends that I haven't talked to in years. We're also moms. And then friends who aren't parents yet don't hear from them as much. And I think that's true. I think that's a common experience from what I've heard. It, it becomes um, a club, you know, the mom club. Yeah. And, the, and then there's the non-mom club, you know, like right. I don't really have anything in common with this person because they have kids or I don't have really anything in common with this person because they don't have kids. And, and it kind of creates a little bit of a divide, but not not for any other reason other than a lack of understanding or a different lifestyle. Your lifestyle changes. You're no longer going out all the time to dinners or bars or whatever, that you would do in your younger years. Right. And when you think about making conversations with people, you're usually pulling something from life that you've experienced to create um, a meaningful conversation to start a conversation with someone. You're talking about, Oh, this thing that I saw or this thing that I read. Um, When you have kids, you get to talk about your kid because all you do is your kid all day, every day is, you know, and and they're cute. (laughs) They're super cute. We love them. Um, but it, it makes it harder to make those connections. Whereas when you get around a mom, like I'll chat with moms, you know, we still go to breweries. So I'll chat with moms at breweries and we're able, we get into some weird conversations because we also lose boundaries when we have a kid. Um, so we'll be talking about very much mom things at the bar, whereas I'll be around some of my friends who have known for years about kids and I don't just talk about them anymore because my day is my kid. Or my job. So if there are other psychologists, then we find things to talk about. 
But yeah, it's, it, it's easy to find that common ground when you have this, a similar job or if you have kids, but you're right. You do have to have something that common, that common ground where I think that's why relationships shift and change because we don't always have that common ground, you know, for forever. Sometimes it changes. Yeah. But it's also incredibly important to surround yourself with other either parents or the social circle because being a parent is isolating. Um, it can be very isolating at times, especially in the early stages, but at various points. Especially for stay-at-home moms. Stay-at-home yeah. moms, I think, isolate themselves. I, I think there's more and more you know, groups that they can join. There's more baby groups and mom groups and whatever kind of groups you want to have. You know, They can go to the you know, gymboree or music class or whatever. But I think moms are more isolated because they don't have those work friends. They don't have those colleagues that they can go to and talk. They're, they're really around their kids a lot. And as great as that is for their child, it may not be so great for them. Right. So it's important to have that extended family and, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whomever you can rely on, even if it's for a few hours. So you can have a break, you know, go take a hot shower, go get your nails done or whatever, go for that walk outside, you know, whatever it is you need to do to hit that reset button. Well, I think it depends on your community. You know, my my sister-in-law is a stay-at-home mom and she has such a stronger community around her and she is always going out and doing things. She has a group and whereas I go to work, I go to work, I come home. So it really you know, are you exposed? Do you have people at work you can talk to? But also, are you getting out there? Are you joining the groups? Are you doing things that interest you that has a mommy and me class so that you can make that community? Yeah, so you're right. So you almost, even if you're, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're not and you're working, you have to make that effort to connect and to, to really expand and utilize your social network so that you have people to rely on because as, as they get older, you have to have somebody you can go to, to ask questions of, you have to have somebody that you can go to, to really um, just have a, a different perspective. So we, we have a, probably about five minutes left of time to chat or I'm sorry, I meant nine minutes. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how things have changed with your spouse. I mean, now there used to be just the two of you. Now there's three. Um, Do you find that the three of you spend more time together or um, do you find that you spend more time with Briar and you kind of have to split your time a little bit more? I think we spend more time together because I've put in the effort to be home more. Yeah. Um, And we're both just home with her more. You know, we have, Unfortunately, unfortunately, we have the luxury of not having to do child care because of our, our career choices. But I would imagine, you know, I, I work with a lot of families who don't have that luxury, um, who are always working, who have child care, and it, it puts a strain on the relationship. One of the best pieces of make sure you always, at least once a month, set aside time for your spouse, going out and doing something you love. I think that's even more important after kids. So that was, you know, going into marriage. I think after having kids, it's even more important to carve out that time for just you and your spouse so you can continue to have that relationship. Yeah. I think this would be a fun conversation to have with, with Dana, since she has done a lot on relationships. And I know she talks a lot about having, you know, a a monthly check-in with your spouse to make sure that everything's going well. And, and I, I really find that to be very, very helpful for relationships. Um, so has, has anything changed for your husband uh, in, in his overall uh, work-life balance? Or do you feel like you've made more, more changes than he has? Oh, he for sure has more, made more changes. <laughs> in, in what way? We're just waiting for him to get fired. Oh no! <laughs> he has her with. He has her with him more. He goes to the office with her, and you know he's home with her more. And so, 
there's definitely this, the sacrifice piece of what in our, between the two of us, what's most important. And for us, what's most important is that we raise our child. And so we're the ones who are home with her. And we still have help from like grandparents, for example, but that it's very important for us to be home with her. Big ones, so we're going to make them. Right, um, right. And his joke is, I went to too much school to be a stay-at-home mom. Now it's just kidding, <laughs> but that you know he's he's home with her more, and he he's making that sacrifice because it's it's what's important to him. Yeah, and I and I think that's one of the things that we have not talked about today. But I think you know, dads also make big sacrifices for that work life balance and. It's it's uh it's not talked about very much. So I think that might be an interesting topic for us to um, talk about another time, and maybe maybe we can invite your husband on to talk about his perspective on that. Oh, yeah. that Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. So yeah, I'm sorry. You get in here. Yeah, I'm having trouble hearing you. Sorry, the baby. Oh. I'll get closer to my computer. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, if uh, we could get um, him on there to talk about work-life balance after a baby. Um, But that will be a different show. So we have a few minutes left before the end of the show. Uh, What I'd like to uh, talk about is just, um, you know, how people can get in contact with you if they wanted to. So if you'd like to give that information out again. Absolutely. So my company is Nest Psychological. You can reach me at www.nestpsychaz.com. And that's N-E-S-T, Nest. Yes, correct. Perfect. And is there a phone number they can call if they needed to? Or if they wanted to call you and set up an appointment? Absolutely. It is 602-284-4555. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, So if you'd like to get in touch with me... um, you can go to my website and that's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And on my website, you can actually contact me directly at the very bottom. There's a contact us button. Um, that email comes directly to me. So feel free to go ahead and shoot me any questions you might have, or if you have an idea for a future show, uh, or if you have questions for Dr. Sarah Bald, uh, feel free to shoot an email to me and I'd be happy to answer you know any questions you might have on a, on our future shows we can also uh, you can also connect on um, on my website to subscribe to our executive function magazine so feel free to go in there and subscribe to the magazine um, we have some amazing writers some be- uh, wonderful articles um, executive function magazine it's free it's uh, online it's quarterly so our next one comes out. Uh, April 10th. So if you'd like to have a copy of that, make sure you subscribe to the magazine. And if you'd like to listen to our podcast of these shows, you can go to uh, voiceamerica.com and look at Focus on Success, or you can go to my website um, and you can uh, listen to the podcast there as well. If you're looking for testimonials for uh, the radio show, or if you'd like to look at testimonials for my clients, you can um, do that as well. And you can also look at my YouTube channel, um, which has uh, presentations that I've done in the past um, on there. So uh, feel free to contact me directly if you need to. My number is 480-648-1122. And I just want to thank Dr. Sarah Bald for being on here today and talking about work-life balance. Um are there any final words, any final tips or advice that you would like to give um, our listeners? Uh, we just have a couple minutes, but I'd love to have you give some last minute tips or, or advice. I think my biggest one is to give yourself grace. It's not something I'm very good at. Like right now, I'm like, why is my job um, But giving, giving yourself grace, remembering that parent guilt, mom guilt, parent guilt is, is a real thing that many people are going through it that we don't talk about it because it's such a taboo topic. Um, We're expected to 
put on a face and say, everything's great. You know, that question, how's it going? You're not supposed to tell people how it's going. You're supposed to just say, oh, it's good. Or, oh, I'm living the dream. Um, To just remind yourself that it's a process. It's a changing process. As soon as you feel like you've mastered it, your child's brain is growing and changing. So you're going to get hit with a new curveball that you weren't expecting. Um, Or you finally feel feel like you figured everything out. And now you're having to totally redo or maybe not totally redo, but at least make adjustments to something that's worked. Um, you'll find something that has worked and then it'll stop working. That all of this is normal. All of it is typical. And that if you're questioning your abilities, that probably means you're doing a good job. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head with it's constantly changing. The, there is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. It's just what do you think is right for you in you have to feel confident and do what's right for you and not worry about what everyone else is doing. And, and I think that's where you're going to see success is knowing who you are, knowing who your family is, knowing what your needs are, and just taking care of business. Um, having the confidence to do that, I think, is really important because so many people, especially young parents, they don't always have the confidence because they're waiting for the right thing and there is no right way to do it. It has to be your way. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And, and I think it's, um, once again, it brings me back to that statement. You said, you know, I think you've said it on a couple shows, you know, you do you. And I love that. I, I, I think it's one of my favorite statements. You do you just, just you do your business and I'll do mine and, and we'll, we'll be fine. Right. Because you and I both have different challenges in life. And I think I could not do the same things you're doing, just like you couldn't do the same things I'm doing. It's um, it's all about what's doing right for us. So I really appreciate you being on today and sharing so much of your personal life. Um, I uh, appreciate your last minute tips and we will um, we'll have Dr. Sarah Bald on Parenting Pulse again sometime in, uh, well, not sometime, the first week of um, every month. So thank you again, Dr. Sarah Ball. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me and my child. (laughs) Of course. And thank you, Briar. We really appreciate you being on as well. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.